Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 up front for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to episode 11 of the Dabblers Book Club. I am Hadja. I am Curtis. And if you detect any sort of annoyance in our tone, it's because it took us about three million years to set up just now. Um, and all the problems were caused because one mic clip is dodgy. And what ensued is a pile of books that I'm putting a smaller mic stand on top. We've got wires here, there and everywhere. We're definitely going to spill some coffee. Do you know why it is? It's because we're recording in the morning. We've never done it, this before. It's Saturday true. morning, bank holiday weekend. It's, it's supposed to be chill. We were supposed to be in Scotland right now. Scotland. Oh, we had a gig. Yeah, we were going to gig on a train. We were going to yeah. gig on a train on a beautiful train in Scotland, and then everything hit. Lockdown. Life is yeah. life is fine. Life is okay. So it's a good job we've got a cheery book today to uh, to offset this. Um, so I think. We we may have promised you something modern next, but uh, half uh, of these hills is gold. We were going to do it, still, still hasn't been no. delivered. Um, okay. I actually ordered it on Amazon, and then I won a little competition on Twitter. But because of Corona, everything uh, being slower, I, we're still waiting for it. So, um, Curtis very kindly picked off one of his. Well, it wasn't even your favorite book. Why did you pick this off your shelf? <clears throat> um, well, I wanted to us to do another classic because mm-hmm. um, obviously when we did Bukowski. That did end up being quite a popular pod, albeit our opinion was quite differing on it. <laughs> um, so I really wanted to pick another one. I think it's important we look at some old books as much as we look at new stuff. Um, uh, yeah, to be honest with you, I, I don't know. I just picked this off the shelf. I read it a few years ago. This is The Collector by John Fowles. John Fowles, which we had to Google and pronounce it. That was Alexa chipping in. Um, she did that last night. She chipped we in last music. night. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Terrible house servant. So, so we, we, we picked The Collector by John Fowles. Like I said, I read this a few years ago. I was really excited to reread it. I remember really, really enjoying this. I was interested to see how you found it. What did you think I would think of it? I just didn't know. I wanted you. I wanted it to be something that you would find readable because I, I totally knew why you didn't like the last classic or modern <laughs> classic that yeah. I recommended. But it was an interesting little, you know, uh, experiment for us to, to, you know, kick it around and discuss it. So we had to Google how to pronounce uh, John Fowles, Foles, and we just ended up with a load of um, non-English or Scottish uh, speakers giving book reviews, so we weren't quite sure still. But we're pretty sure it's John Fowles. We'll go with Fowles. So, yeah, very, very famous book uh, was made into a film. Guessing you may well have read it if you're, um, if you're listening. So concept was um, 
a psychotic young man has a win on the pools. Mm-hmm. Um, he's obsessed with a uh, young. Do we girl. know he's psychotic at the beginning? I mean, obviously, I think you it, just get it from his narrative. Because at first, I was reading it and thinking, "Are we quite um, fancy this girl?" And I was like, "Oh, fuck's sake!" Like another kind you of oh, man, another, you know? Because yeah, yeah. I didn't read the blurb. I mean, that yeah. I, I should have done, but um, yeah, I had no idea what it would be about, and I was ready for this girl falling in love with him. Um, you know, because they set it up like he, like a classic hero of a story mm-hmm. you know orphaned that sort of thing and then he um in a very very calculated and calm manner uh kidnaps the girl um because his pool winning have, have allowed him to buy this massive house and prepare a woman actually shouldn't we she was uh, 20-ish yeah, yeah um, child. so he kidnaps the woman there's a he, he's prepared a big chamber downstairs in the house and um, yeah, and keeps her. And the the book, the first half is from his perspective of of keeping her, mm-hmm. and then which we'll go into. And then the second half is her, the diary she's been keeping while mm-hmm. she's down there, which is an incredible layout for a book to get the other perspective on it. And then at the end, it flips back to him mm-hmm. to reveal sort of how the whole thing ended. Um, incredible concept, I think, incredibly well executed. I was so excited to read it again. And normally we keep our opinions um, sort of secret till we record, but I can tell you really enjoyed this. Damn it! Yes, yeah. Um, I really, I honestly, I think it's one of the best books I've ever read. I, really? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought it was Score. brilliant. Um, well done. Yeah, just I loved it. I thought everything was so balanced and so convincing. So many big questions of life and everything to grapple with, especially when you got her perspective and all the things she thought about and the relationship she had had, and and obviously you make parallels between being captive to this man and also, you know, the smaller captivities you have in real life with other people in, in your personal relationships. Um, I thought she was such a well-rounded character. I mean, I was very ready to hate a man who, who had dared to write a female character, mm. especially in the 70s. Like, I was, mm, I was you yeah. know, I'm extremely prejudiced against this sort of thing, and, and I do acknowledge that, but this was just brilliant. Um, he so effectively gets inside the head of both his characters, yeah. doesn't he, for the two different halves of the book, the narrative. Yeah. Like like you wouldn't think it's the same writer writing each half of the book. And it, Yeah, exactly. And it keeps you... I mean, there's so much tension in there. I, I mean, her escape attempts and all that sort of thing, I didn't always... Because I'm not very good at f- imagining physical um, locations and how exactly people get out of situations and mm. stuff. I can't visualise that very well. But I did keep wanting her to escape. Like, I, I mm. thought someone's going to find her. Someone is going to find her. Mm. Um, and spoiler, they don't. And it's... Oh, it's just so... I can't, I can't even think how to properly describe it. It is just so brilliant i think i mean on the back one of the reviews is um, an intriguing study in warped sexuality cunningly worked suspense and actually i wouldn't even say it's about warped sexuality because it's about sexual relationships anyway yeah um yeah. you know between or male and female relationships anyway uh, particularly with the whole abuse dynamic mm. um and that you don't need to be kidnapped by someone to actually have some of the dialogue that they have and mm. some of that gameplay mm. you know it's in it's constant gameplay trying to convince the other person of something and slight manipulations on both sides mm. i mean obviously for her it's survival and for him it's literally just no sense of morality or responsibility to anyone no. it's um, a real interesting ex- like exploration is it into like a sociopathic mind mm. um because he's almost he's very calmly aware 
that everything he's doing is against law, against ethics, against kindness. Yeah. And in that, that sort of psychopath way, he has no regard for the fact that the person he loves is going to more than hate this. This is going to be mm-hmm. the worst experience of her life. It's going to ruin her life. And it's never going to make her love him. Yeah. But in his head, she has to be his. Yeah. And, and, and therefore, and it only, and it's interesting when she does start, because she tries all manner of things. She, she tries being a friendly, you know, Stockholm Syndrome mm-hmm. captive. And at the same time, then she has days where she throws things at him and mm-hmm. has a hissy fit. And it is interesting how those things push and pull him. And he doesn't really know how to deal with any of them. Mm-hmm. Just um, a human being, he, yeah. he doesn't understand, uh, yeah, human responses, and mm. we're sort of given hints of that, but actually not a huge amount in his upbringing, really. I mean, mm. is that just? Yeah, I mean, like we do delve into it, but you can't necessarily make the links between that and his behaviour. Yeah, I've just found. a loner, like had no parents, yeah. sort of, and then there's a weird aunt and a cousin. Mm. So, you know, he's he's kind of got all the classic sort of loner, outcasty traits. But, like, had a job, worked for the council at mm. uh, the town hall and stuff. Yeah. And, yeah, it's it's all so real and rational. None of it's overblown, is it? Yeah. Um, even though the concept itself is, well, you know, Fred West levels of... Well, we've all elaborate. met people who literally cannot see beyond their own agendas. Mm. You know, it doesn't make them sociopaths necessarily. But we are all... And we all have that to some degree in certain settings. There's a sliding scale, isn't there? Yeah. And where we view other people as two-dimensional and you kind of have to have a friend go, yes, but they're probably going through this. And you're like, yeah, well, that's, that doesn't mm. help my Doesn't patron. suit your that argument right there, argument. right now, yeah. Um, and that, yeah, uh, two-dimensionalizing mm. <laughs> of, of human beings, which is just natural to a sociopath. But also for all of us, we all do, you know, we do do that to a degree and we only centre our own experience and our own agenda. And why isn't this person treating me the way I want them to treat me? Mm. And that's what he has with her, is that he wants her to, he just expects that she will fall in love with him mm. in a... And this is what's very spooky about the end where he reads her diary and realises that she didn't love him. Yeah, he's quite put out, isn't he? And he just Well, yeah. he's put out, but then he's like, well, fine, I'm not going to give her any regard. And, and then yeah. he moves on to the next. Win- Sorry, carry on. No, let's go straight to the end because that, that is fascinating, oh, not, isn't it? Not just the end, but we need to talk. We need to talk about... I hate that in a headline. If you write, uh, hello, we Twitter. Need- <laughs> yeah, if you write, we need to talk about this, please fuck off. If you're not Lionel Schreiber, go away. Uh, um, agree. I don't know who that is, but... Uh, she wrote, we need to talk about Kevin. Oh, okay. Which then became a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, anyway. We need to talk about... We need to talk about how similar it is to the Netflix series, You. Good grief, yes. You mentioned this the other day. Yeah, and, and I shouldn't I, have really. <laughs> and it was well halfway through rereading it. I was like, oh, Christ, yeah. Yeah. Like, surely that was inspired by this. Uh, it must have been, but the, but You, the series, is based on a book. Uh, so it does have parallels to You. But also, I've had a quick look online. This book inspired serial killers. What? Yes. There are, st- there are numerous cases of people who kept captives and, and there is evidence of them uh, saying like they had a copy of the collector. Some of them cited it as inspiration and rationale for what they did. Wow. This like this book is like a bit like how so many people like the burn down churches in, in, in Norway and shot people in, in schools in America blamed Marilyn Manson and then Marilyn Manson got blamed. I wonder if we looked in some media that this would, you know, this, this book lot. would have a bit of that, like, you know, art, life imitating art. Yeah, it's a funny thing, isn't it, where people use inspiration. It's like, no, you're already a sociopath. You just read this and went, oh, actually, no, I could probably do this to do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Um, the um, So You is a book published in 2014 
I haven't read it, but I believe it. Guinevere Beck, an aspiring writer, is employed as a teaching assistant while simultaneously working on her thesis. When she strides into the East Village bookstore where Joe Goldberg works, he is instantly smitten with her. I mean, it would do, be a, a great disservice to the author to say that um, she lifted this from the collector because, I mean, stalking and kidnapping yeah. a woman. And also, in the in You, he doesn't kidnap her. He... And he does it, get, get he manipulates her into yeah. a relationship. So actually, it's quite different. I think that's the difference. Has the social skills and and they're quite compatible in like in just on the base level of like taste. Like they're both really into literature. Yeah. And then one of the massive themes in this book, especially when you hit her narrative, is that she's obviously very well educated. She's an art student. She's moved to Hampstead and she's in that society. Um, and she has a relationship of sorts with a with GP, painter, the GP, the yeah. older man who's a very and that's a very interesting thread. Um, but she's she's just appalled by uh, once she gets over the initial horrible horrible shock that she's being kept captive by a fucking psychopath she um she's actually appalled by him as a as an artless person mm, he yeah. just she he, reads, he cares about nothing yeah he, he she, she gets him to read like catch her in the rye and things which incidentally i haven't read still um but he he can't identify with it he's clearly just not first the furniture his artwork at home there's just nothing to nothing, it yeah. and that in the end, is almost what offends her more than the fact that she's being kept prisoner by him. Well, she can't connect with him. She can't find any... I think she's trying to make a connection. Yes. Because that is what you need if you are forced into any human sort of relationship. You think of certain marriages that maybe weren't most thought through. Mm. You survive those by finding connection, finding points of connection um, and things to enjoy together, Mm. which is any relationship, really. And I think what we're seeing with her is that it's a survival technique because if she can find something in him that she admires or can discuss or you know uh, bond over that would make the whole experience much easier for her to handle yeah I think. because he is hit her world mm. but not by any you know will or fault yeah. so so yeah she's trying to find something in him and actually and obviously she has a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. so she becomes aware that she might be a bit snobby but then again she becomes aware of you know she reflects on everything about herself mm. and then she portrays that on him that's interesting as well when i think of women in abusive relationships particularly or probably anyone in an abusive relationship the in level of introspection to find faults in yourself mm. which may well be uh important to acknowledge and they may be sort of a new, normal human part of growth where you go oh and i'm, and I'm like this and i'm mm. like this and it's like you're forced into that situation because you are in an abusive setting and it's yeah it's just interesting to see her there's still this level of sort of self-blame not for the situation she's in but maybe through the universe is kind of mm. maybe it's some payback for her um the class discussion is very interesting and there's a massive class thread running through it isn't there that mm. sort of Working class versus middle class thing and bourgeois ideas as well and, um, you know, is art for, for everyone. And I, I do wonder in it whether Fowles is making a point about working class deprivation from the arts oh. industries and creativity and all that sort of thing by strongly associating um, art and taste and all that kind of thing with yeah. some, some middle class. I mean, he gives the range of middle yeah. class views on it because she's got friends who are artless and, you know, don't care about things and have no passion and blah, blah, blah. Um, no, I but do. we don't get any working class voices in that. I do completely. Okay, that I do get because um, it reminded me, it made me think a few times while I was reading of, um, you know, I've always told you about Aldous Huxley books. Now, obviously, you've read Brave one, New yeah. World and I think I've read like six or seven. And whenever I'm reading one, I always say to you, my God, this story would be great. But he keeps on crowbarring in His bits own, of dialogue yeah. from characters that are clearly him wanting to have a big say. <laughs> Quite 
you know, intelligent, academic... Like he should just put a footnote, like, read my essay for Yeah, they're like more. essay thing yeah. pieces, but he, like, makes it the character's dialogue that has nothing to do with the story. <laughs> and I think... If this is what, tell me if this is not what you're saying. This isn't but a criticism. I think Fowles has done that, but, but successfully. Well, yeah, no, like, absolutely. Yeah, it's, he's weaved it nicely into the dialogue and he's said some things. Yeah, he's giving, um, well, that's the difference, isn't it? It's when you create convincing characters and a convincing plot and style that people then question. Yeah, because that's definitely an argument it. you and me would jump on a lot because, I mean, let's take, for example, how often do we see, you know, someone that we know in our circles who's middle class you know, ask asking for crowd crowdfunding their, their fucking album. Yeah, like, <laughs> and they like their parents paid for their arts education. Outrageous, yeah, it's crazy. so entitled. And maybe it's because I'm effectively working class. I just can't, can't comprehend it. how someone can shamelessly put that. It's the entitlement. It, partly, it's entitlement, and also it's seeing value in mm. art, which is not something you I was raised with at no. all. This whole, you know, it's like no, you put food on the table, you mm. get on with it. If you've got time to do a bit of cutting and sticking and a bit of writing, mm. your poetry or whatever, and singing in the shower, you do that. Good for you. But your priority is making stuff work. Is is making money to survive. Yes. And anything on top of that is a bonus. It is not something you would ever expect or pressure or make people feel that they owed you yeah. money for. I just it's... worked so hard writing this album. I just, but we just need that bit of help. To I get know, it and everyone we know who does this. that has a house. It's oh, like if you have a house, yeah. could you please fuck off before you start asking people for asking people for money? I, I saw one right. Someone I went uni with. I'm pretty sure they won't listen to this because I've, I've been out of touch for a few years. Yeah, but they were they made their money after uni as a busker on the South Bank. Mm-hmm. And I know like busker sounds shit, but actually you know, there's some reason there's, there's, there's some good buskers mm-hmm. and yeah, it's perfectly respectable. Anyway, um, her amp broke. Yeah, and she put this thing on Twitter going like, "Oh, hi guys, like." Um, I've set up a just giving because my hand broke and I need that for my living. If you could really help me get back, like, it well, no. If if your fucking like car breaks, and you need that to get to work. People don't pay for your car to get fixed. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like who the f- it's weird, and it is we're getting into a bit of a musician's rant now because yeah, even though we've both been working musicians, <laughs> I think we, we despair at a lot of the people we know who are. But it's that fucking entitlement. It really is, and I guess maybe now we're hitting on what <laughs> what what, what, what Miranda, who I think we're only just saying her name now, Miranda the captive yeah. in the collector is getting. At. I think she's realizing this entitlement. Yeah. Do, did you think that's? I think fair? so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I do think she she realizes it. <laughs> Yeah, sorry, this isn't just us ranting about... Um... Well, hey, what's a podcast about rabbit holes and tangents? <laughs> well, true. Back, back to, you know, our... Um... Rabbit hole about a rabbit, rabbit hole. Rabbit hole about, well, it, you know, it's about class. It's a, it's a mm. book that very much makes you think about class and entitlement and art and passion. And what do you think of GP? The character GP. What's his actual name? G- G- I don't know. Let's go with GP. Um, <laughs> I mean, it was very clever. They put GP in because she says his name, and he was like, she was asking for a doctor. I'm like, oh, oh, that was the only bit that jarred because it was I really like, didn't so, like that. well, it was just so obvious. Oh, I didn't mind. Like that. when I saw um, GP as the um, yeah. as the initials, I was like, oh, there's something's yeah. gonna happen. Yeah. Okay, so so just to recap, G- GP is um, a character that Miranda refers to in her diaries. Clearly, it's an older man who she's been seeing um, since moving down to Hampstead for university. Um, and he's obviously very, very arty and, you know, completely... Um... Well, he's. I think he's a respected painter. Um, art, yeah. A painter, painter and decorator. You get the impression respected when... Respected artist. Sorry, you get the impression when they met, she was in awe of him. Yes, yeah. 
And because he dismissed her auntie, very cold, yeah. judgmental man. You know, hasn't got time for people sort of who don't mm. like the art that he likes yeah. or appreciate the art that he appreciates. And then obviously her ref di diary reflections are her realising his flaws, mm. realising her flaws in falling for him, but also realising everything that's great about him and remembering all the amazing things about art and life mm. and music that he showed her. I feel like we've... Wasn't this a brilliant book for quarantine, by the way, because she's thinking of all the things she would do if she ever gets out. She's quarantined. <laughs> How's it taken till now for me to realise? Oh, my God. I was reading this going, oh, yeah, she, when she gets out, she's going to go to museums. She's going to go to this. Subconsciously, that's why maybe I picked this book. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't even necessarily mean romantically, but I feel like we've all known a GP. We've all been... Yeah. Well, I, th I think, especially in your early 20s, and then you realise later, it's like, no, you're an arrogant, rude, awful person. Like, GP mm. sounds to me like a horrible, oh, he hor sounds like a prick. horrible man. But she doesn't see that. For, no. She doesn't see it in the black and white. And this is an interesting thing um, with the two characters. Like, she could do with a bit more black and whiteness when it comes to people like that that are not good for her, I would argue. Yeah, definitely. But she's figuring it out, isn't she? Um, she is, but she ends it loving him. You know, she ends it sort of wanting him, doesn't she? I think yeah. for all his flaws and stuff, she was like, he is, you know, yeah. who she loves. And I'm like, no, bitch, stop. You can't. Yeah. No, but she's awful. got bigger fish to fry in the there and then. I but, mean, um... yeah, she's. A... <laughs> I'll let <laughs> yeah. I'll let her off because yeah. she's about to die. There is quite a fascinating scene. I don't know why I relate to it because I can't think of an actual example in my life, but where she introduces her friends to GP and he's really rude to them mm. because like he puts a record on they don't get and they take the piss do yeah. you remember that scene and, yes, and he, yeah. he kind of shouts and goes these are your friends and like they all leave his flat mm -hmm. um, and like I say I don't think I've got an example of it but that's just such a real scene I can mm. so imagine that yeah um, well it, it's very early 20s meeting someone who's mm. higher in the social strata than you are and wanting to impress your friends um, uh, and yeah and feeling very vulnerable in that situation because um, you want, you know, ultimately it's ego, isn't it? You want people to think you're cool and, mm. uh, and interesting. Um, but he is just such a horrible man, like yeah, such is. a horrible man. And it's interesting that, I mean, in a way you could read it, that is she captive to two different men just in very different ways? I think they're both so. abusive. He's very abusive, isn't he? Mm. Sometimes he even starts doing that trick where he's like talking about his own flaws. Mm. Mm -hmm. to kind of mess with her head yeah she's going oh you know in some ways miranda you're you're more you're you're more mature than me oh we've all known <laughs> pricks like that haven't we oh god yeah um, obviously it's not you and me because i'm like five years younger than you <laughs> and openly admit to being an idiot so it's okay not enough joking <laughs> <laughs> oh god i'm gp um <gasps> ding <laughs> i think that's what is interesting with the whole sexual dynamics and the interaction in people's interactions in personal relationships and what we are willingly captive to and what we are unwillingly captive to and is the result the same in a way? I mean, it's not, obviously, because her with... Um, what was his name? So his name is... Frederick. Yes, but he tells us to call him Ferdinand. Oh, right. But also she refers to him a lot as Caliban. Yes, and I didn't look up the significance of... It's like a Shakespeare what... thing. Oh. See, this is exposing that this is the podcast of people that have never read Chaucer and probably never will. <laughs> never read Shakespeare. Yeah. Never read any other books. Never read Austin. Have you read Austin? Never Googled. Yes, I've read Austin. I haven't, but I've read all the Dickens. Mind you, I watched Austin. Oh, right. I watched <laughs> um, I watched Pride and Prejudice, and then I read Pride and Prejudice when I was nine. Okay. So. But anyway, did we didn't get the Caliban reference because we we're plebs. Well, I, fine. <laughs> which, uh, which Shakespeare also, is it from? There was a... I don't know. <laughs> well, where, where's your um, phone? So I want to see what play it is, so in case you see any significance. He's from The Tempest. Okay, nice. Okay. 
So she 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 calls him Caliban, as in Caliban from The Tempest by Shakespeare, which we know now we've Googled We know it. inside out. Yeah. I mean, love The Tempest, love a bit of The Old Tempest. Can't get enough of The Tempest. Um, <laughs> so... However, she did actually. She made a lot of literary references, yes, she did. and many of them I didn't get. Yeah, making her, alienating her own readers, Miranda. Like no one's gonna, yeah. no one likes a smart ass. Yeah, this diary is never going to be a bestseller. <laughs> but um, actually, <laughs> you're I, never getting. But I was really chuffed with myself when she he was saying about how he got raised by a weird auntie who yeah. was a bit stern, and she said, "Oh, you're like Pip." Yeah, and and I was so chuffed that I got it because I had great expectations, <laughs> Pip. <laughs> I'm smart. I got well the reference. <laughs> Clever. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's loads of literary references. I mean, I think if we were to properly examine this book, we'd find so many extra stories within mm. it, um, and so much more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Context for it that goes beyond this story. Yeah. And I, lo- I mean, I do love that when you sort of, when you actually properly study a piece of literature and you go, oh my God, and the author meant this and what happened to that person. And I mean, the Caliban thing will have some mm. massive relevance if we actually looked it up and, because yeah. um, it, it gives you, extra stories within the one you're reading there is so much um, going on can we strip it back to the mechanics of it yeah and just how watertight the 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 the, the captive situation mm. is so he really really describes the, the 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 outer cellar downstairs that's her prison cell mm-hmm. and he describes the house and obviously sometimes he brings her upstairs like for a bath and then later on she requests to come and spend some time upstairs with him but how he's thought through everything every every time she tries to escape she it's all very real and rational and i loved like when she has walked around the garden mm-hmm. and she can hear traffic but she identifies yeah. that she's in the country and you know um it, it, I just thought it was actually such a fantastic sort of hostage setup. Just speaking, how it's described. Speaking of like hostage setups and captive situations, I got married in Lewis, which is where this book's set. Isn't that interesting? Did you? <laughs> yeah. Did you? Yeah, I got married in Lewis. Uh, <laughs> it's a beautiful place in Lewis, but yeah, uh, Lewis nonetheless. So it has a particular mm. special place in my heart. This book. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, actually, that reminds me of I looked up the collector and similarities with you, and someone has written a medium blog on it, and they have said. Uh, 
because they were like, oh my gosh, yeah, you, the Netflix series, really reminded me of The Collector, which is set in the 1800s in France. I was like, what the fuck have you read? But you said it's the French Lieutenant. Yeah, his other big book, which I've not read, but I would um, like to actually. But I was just like, what? Anyway. That's someone that skimmed The Collector for school maybe, and, and maybe, has watched yeah, you yeah, and yeah. wants to be. Maybe, okay. I don't know. Well, yeah. It's probably unfair to say that. There's plenty of details I forget within days of reading books. Um, well. But yeah, it really threw me because I was like, 1800s, I was like, I'm... I literally looked over the book again to check that I had read it correctly. I was like, no, it's definitely London and then it's definitely Lewis and it's he's definitely driving a van, so it's not the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Well, I did have a similar thing of doubting myself, but, yeah. but from a completely different influence. Um, mm-hmm. So I read this about five, six years ago. And coming to reread it now, which I don't really do with books, I was reading it, I was going... I was reading the first half going, where's her diaries? I swear that it's interspersed. And I thought it was like a chapter of him, a oh, chapter of her. In my, And this just shows how your memory warps things. Mm-hmm. And I was going, because this is a different copy as well. So I was going, am I reading a different book? Oh. Um, could, yeah, and then and then her narrative started. I was like, okay, I remembered everything. I loved it being two separate things. It's like this massive surprise, isn't it? It's a bit like Gone Girl, mm. um, which, yeah, you get halfway through and you're like, oh, and now we're reading her account. Mm. Um, I haven't read that. Um, so it's similar. Well, it's just the dual narrative thing, yeah. um, which is very clever, cleverly done. And it is difficult to do when you think of, when you're getting in, you have to have such a real level of empathy and human understanding to get inside two people's opposing heads, mm. like two people who have conflict and understand where that conflict comes from, how that conflict is described and the subtleties and minutiae of of their interactions. And it was brilliant from this perspective and also how stupid he is. Mm. Like how stupid he is that he doesn't realise when her manipulations are. Yeah. um, Where where what she says is fake and self-serving and for survival, obviously. And like he just has no mm. empathy, no intuition, no, no understanding. Because he's almost he's perfectly well set practically to keep her prisoner, isn't he? But actually psychologically is how she's going to win, and that's okay. obviously what she makes quite a good attempt yeah. at doing. She still doesn't succeed. Um, but but yeah, he he really just cannot see can he the games she's playing. Um, no. He's wary the whole time, but only I think because he's wary that. He can be manipulated. He's like, mm-hmm. okay, I know I don't know what she's doing, so I'm just yeah. going to always have my guard up. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I think that level of two-dimensionality to him was just so... And I think a lot of people will ha- will relate to this, whether you're dealing with a narcissist or a sociopath or just like a normal person. Mm. When some people aren't emotionally invested in situations, you cannot get through to them. You literally cannot get them to see your side or have empathy Mm. and that can be a boss that can be a friend a sibling relative whatever it it could be an abusive relationship or it could just be a sort of neutral relationship Mm. where if there's no emotional investment you are so vulnerable because Mm. you have no bargaining power you're completely powerless if the other person doesn't care about your basic humanity Mm. which people don't which people don't Yeah. yeah like you know Normal people don't. Like, and I mean, yeah. By normal, I mean sort of people with healthy functioning brains that aren't needing strong medication. You feel her despair and how she's literally just trying everything, mm. trying this, that and the other. And it's like textbook abusive mm. relationships where the abuser doesn't have necessarily in this case the emotional capacity or even the intellectual capacity to win, but... Because they don't care, they mm. always win. They don't have any limits to their what they'll do. And she's ultimately let down by her 
inability to be violent really she doesn't yeah. know how to she can't overpower yeah anything. and there she, are ways i mean that sounds awful that sounds very victim blamey but like she has this mm. internal fear of being violent yeah. didn't she say she then landed the blow not as hard as she wanted to or it yeah. wasn't with her full force or something like that oh, i think that's that there's something holding her back well no you might disagree because i think I, there's a time where you, i might have misread this well anyway there's um, a time where what sorry oh where i did the same thing well yeah where you held back from like yeah, so, that bloke who'd like so yeah i got my ass grabbed by some man in a club i was sort of working as well so there was an element of that and i was so angry i went to punch him um and i you know was strong enough and he was like small mm. i would have beaten but as my literally about a split second before my fist hit his back I just weakened my yeah. well yeah you, you sort of pulled out of the punch almost yeah I sort of pulled out of the punch and yeah. just sort of tapped him on the yeah. back because I was like oh he's skinny I can't yeah. do this to someone and and then I was so angry for the next few hours because I hadn't fucking Whereas punched him I had to be physically restrained from physically going restrained. after him yeah. <laughs> um, so that actually does prove the point I was about to make wrong where I was going to say do you think that's an upper middle class thing because I think when you grow up working class and if you go to a shit school you learn an element of survival you just have you to just be fucking rough yeah, yeah. you know and I think that's why, because she's never been in those situations. Yeah. You know, a, another podcast I listen to calls it Council State Strength. Sometimes <laughs> yeah, you get yeah, people yeah. like athletes, because obviously it's a sport podcast, um, who have Council State Strength. Yeah. But some, they, they, they went to public school. And, and yes, they'll be strong in a different way, but they haven't got that primal yeah. animal strength. And that might be a very sweeping statement to make, but that's the one yeah. I'm going to make, you know. No, um, well, I think that's fair. It's Yeah, it's, it's survival. It was mm. interesting, actually. We watched the Chicago Bulls documentary, didn't we? And they were talking about the Croatian team mm. um, and how good they were. Because um, mm. when they, like, they didn't do a great performance in the first match. You know, who's the Croatian player that they wanted? I forget his name, but, yeah, the, he and got they were talking walked about, over the first game. But then the second one, he came back, right, fighting. And they yeah. were talking about, because he's from a war-torn mm. land, in a way. You know, he's used yeah. to war. He's used to survival. He's used to battling against yeah. difficult times through necessity not mm. through oh i'm gonna go to training every day you know yeah, um, yeah. it's it's it that, a different sort of survival it's just that animal isn't it that yeah. little animal. and i you know i love that in, <laughs> in do you know i just love that dog in somebody in whatever walk of life it is um well it reminds us our aim is to survive yeah. our like species needs mm. to survive yeah. that's the whole point in humanity and when you we go so far away from that that we I don't know. It's it, it's interesting because it brings up things of like pacifism and oh, I'm against throwing punches. And it's like fuck off. Mm. Like if you need to get out of a situation, don't give me oh, for yeah. a punch. Like like we've seen how when someone lacks the emotional capacity to reason with you, mm. you cannot win. No, unless you fight them. Yeah, like you right. literally can't. I mean, yeah. I know that's a very sweeping statement, but yeah, tell me how else you're going to deal with a sociopath who yeah. literally doesn't care about your human experience. So that there's a there's a film. <laughs> With the opposite of this, yeah. um, so again they like so it's a film called The Cottage. It's like Reese Shear Smith. Sounds nice. And um, oh, is it like it's not an it, ang- a horrible it, film? It's a dark. Like. It's it's a weird film actually. It's like okay. a dark, dark comedy, but also a horror sort of okay. genre. Re- no, really good, really worth right. watching. But it's Reese Shear Smith and um, Andy Serkis. They take this woman prisoner, and um, and it's nothing like this. They just want like some ransom off her rich dad, <laughs> and it's different. She completely gets the better of them because she's uh-huh. just fucking nasty, and yeah. like they're actually like she she they're gets not the better used of to them. Fighting, yeah. yeah, they're not fighters. But yeah, so to bring it back, Miranda is upper middle class and hasn't got a violent mm. upbringing, hasn't got a survival upbringing. Yeah. Therefore, when she needs to fight, there's, you know, yeah. she finds she can't be violent enough with him. No matter how angry she is, she hasn't got yeah. it ingrained in her to overpower him. Mm-hmm. And he has, he's, he doesn't, he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. He'll do what he can to keep her there. Yeah. And it's interesting because we don't, you don't want to veer into sort of victim blaming 
mentality with that was like, well, she wanted to get out. She could have done this. Like, well, she had rocks, didn't she? Was that the whole point? She had managed to lift up rocks. She started sort of tunnelling. Is that yeah, what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah. and that there were loose stones. But it's behind like, it, there were more stones. Yeah. That's what got her But in with end. a loose stone, she could have yeah. knocked him out on the head. Do you know what I mean? It's, True, it's, yeah. It's she just needs... And, and that I was, mean, that's, why didn't she well, do that? That goes you know thing I mean? where it's very watertight because... Of course, the whole way through, your brain as a reader is going, well, she's got this available to mm. her and she could have done that. But actually, from the way he entered the room every time he went to bring her a mm. food on a tray, he was, he was just careful. ready for anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think she accepted that, which is why she ended up being so calculated and play-acting her appendix exploded, well, yeah, appendicitis. appendicitis yeah. I mean, in the end, I wasn't quite clear, did she just get very weak and ill? I think she got pneumonia. And, yeah. No, yeah. Because the conditions needed, were terrible She got there, pneumonia. She, uh, she needed antibiotics. Yeah, and she, and she, she died. I mean, need yeah. to double check that. Do you know what really rattled me, actually, is you would expect <clears> nothing <throat> less of Ferdinand, but when she died, Fer- Ferdinand goes, I didn't know what to do, so I went upstairs and made a cup of tea, and he just cracks on, yeah, like, without emotion. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's not even that disappointed that it hasn't worked out. He just starts going, okay, so I had to work out how best to get rid of her. I couldn't live with her down there, so mm, and then he bags her up and buries her in the garden. And that's an interesting thing for a reader, because you are wondering will he crack? Will there be mm. something in him? Is there a chink in his armour that means that she can get through to him, that he mm. will feel sorry or sad? Or It's like, nope, no, no. nothing. Um, and yeah, you can't reason with people who deny your humanity. Yeah. Um, and what humanity even means, which is choice and free will and, you know, um, all those things. Uh, and yeah, it's fascinating. Mm. And also, I mean, we have to go into the bit where it's not even about sex. Because she tries to seduce him. She tries to seduce mm. him. She try- and, and I wonder if there's element... Uh, yeah, I mean, she really uh, gears herself up to do this because she still has that element of assuming that is what all men want mm. and that is all her, not value, but value to men of that type. Mm. And, he, and, it's, and he's disgusted by her because she's suddenly not this sort of pure thing. She's not meeting his expectations of what she should be in his mind which is basically a vessel uh, a dead butterfly essentially something Mm. beautiful with nothing inside it and which is what so many women are used to with you know a lot of interactions with men in particular um so for example i was chatting to a guy in a bar once and um i had a tiny bit of bra sticking out my vest top or whatever Mm. and he told me to like cover it up but it wasn't about oh by the way just so you know it was a I don't want to talk to you while you look like a woman like this. Didn't fit with his idea. And actually, and also an ex of mine, when I was, well, I was being an idiot. I think I was like, you know, I was very young and I was in, I was at a gig and I just like stuck a beer in my bra and like tried to drink it. Mm. And he said, you're not one of those girls. Like you're not that sort of woman. I control your actions. I control your actions. Um, yeah, like you're not... And I was just thought I was being funny and a bit of an idiot with people I felt comfortable yeah. with. But it was like, oh, you're not that sort of thing. And what they're saying is, I will not be attracted to you if you do this. Yeah. You, you do not fit the idea of what I want you to be, which is yeah. it's ridiculous, isn't it? So this idea that it, he, doesn't, he doesn't even want her. He doesn't want her. It's, he wants a vessel for his... Mm thoughts and feelings to be projected on she should have suited what you know it's, it's almost like he, he can't quite realize it but she should have been what he used to look at from a distance because mm-hmm. he had this whole idea of this perfect woman yeah and and then he captured her and he did this you know mm-hmm. whole butterfly collector style thing with her and then she didn't suit the prisoner he had in mind yeah but he can't comprehend that yeah. like she's not what i demand and um, what is it is the whole thing that he's impotent as well was that the 
Yeah, a doctor told him he was no good. Oh, no, but he pretended that, didn't he? He said there was no doctor. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a story he told her. But she did buy it, because we read from her diary entries that she did believe him. This was one bit that jarred with me, because... I was sort of led to believe he was sexless, but one or two lines made me think he did have moments where he showed a bit of weakness and did have an urge. Am I wrong? I th- no, or? yeah, I think so. No, he definitely did have an urge, but I think, I mean, that would hint at big childhood trauma early yeah. on. Does he say anything about his dad? No, well, no, I don't think early there's on, no. anything um, really. Because, I mean, it does hint at, like, massive childhood trauma um, that he can't, he cannot grapple with sex, really. Um, at least not as a two-way thing okay so without further ado let's go to the one star reviews uh for reference of first time listeners we go on amazon obviously loads of people love this book this is a modern classic but also some people as with any book hate it give it one star and give their opinion and they're really funny normally so <laughs> we like to have a laugh at them um are there one star reviews for the collector there are there aren't that many reviews altogether, but yeah four percent from the 409 customer ratings so, should we rattle through? Let's rattle through. Anne advises only read it if you enjoy book about psychopaths. Um, I do enjoy book about I, psychopaths. I do enjoy a book. Powerful. And she said, I dislike the story. I found it horrific. Only finished it because it was a book group choice. Oh, oh so her um, book group put her through this absolute hell. Bless her. Um, we'll let Anne off. That's fine. Well, yes and no. Like, don't give it a one star. Just stay home. Like, I agree. I agree. Who else? Hashtag stay. <laughs> hashtag stay in. You do not need to venture into Amazon to give a one star review because you don't like psychopaths. You're not meant to like a psychopath. You're meant to ha- find it horrific. I feel horrific. like we say this every episode, but somebody always um, don't like the characters. Doesn't like the baddie, and it's yeah. like you're not supposed to. No, it's like pantomime villain thing. Um, <laughs> Kindle customer gave this very nuanced account one star, dull and about two hundred pages too long. Amazon customer, not for me. Dear me, I found this book boring. Oh, okay, fine. What the fuck I excitement know, do you I get know, up to that I this know, is boring? I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Susan, too sick, brackets, not in the modern sense, for normal people to read. Um, I have not read any of this author's work before. I only know of the film The French Lieutenant's Woman. This book is all about a serial killer in the making. And the first half of the book is dedicated to his thought internal dialogue. The second part is from his victim's voice, although I never got to this stage as part one was making me sick. Right, so you didn't read the whole book, love. Um, I don't care if it is a good gripping read. I loathe nasty acts towards others. Do people realise that when they read books, it doesn't mean they condone what's within yeah. them? The protagonist thinks he is being kind and sensitive to his kidnappee, but of course he is holding her against her will. Thankfully, I'm one of those people who can skip to the end to see what resolution the author may have come up with. I'm still wondering what happens to the victim. I'm one of those people that doesn't read a book properly. Yeah, and literally doesn't know what happens to the victim because she didn't read it. Like It's, 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 it's all there for you, Susan. Oh, Susan. Susan. No. I mean, this is utterly terrible. I mean, it's long, it was about five years, four years ago she left this review, but... Um, also thankfully I'm one of those people who can skip to the end to see what resolution the author may have come up with I'm still left wondering what happens to the victim it's, it's she, in the book she died it's, it, it's in the, the book the victim died a, a really horrific death <laughs> she died Jill that's a friend's reference I got that <laughs> uh, <laughs> telling everyone else who might not have watched it 
80 times. You're telling me not everyone watches hours and hours of Friends while they're eating dinner. <laughs> <Damn> <laughs> Is that just us? <laughs> um, Amazon customer says, disappointing with two S's and one P. Um, I seen the good reviews and read the sample on my Kindle and it seemed promising. I was wrong. After she's imprisoned in his home, it just gets boring and repetitive. I stopped reading it halfway through. Waste of money. See, when people say they stopped reading it halfway through, it's like you missed the good stuff. Like mm. you literally missed the switch of narrative. Yeah. You've missed half of, like it's not even missing half the story. You've missed half the book. But I I'm... get it to a degree about the boring or repetitive. I, in little bits, I did go, okay, bit, move it I was on. Like, we yeah, get it. We I get, get it. that. But but actually as well, I'm all for someone skipping out on a book if they're not enjoying it. Like, because I skipped out on, what is it? Tender is the night. Yeah. Um, and someone told me, no, you were just getting to the good bit. Yeah. But nonetheless, I skipped it. But I don't go and then review it. No, you Because <laughs> I've, not got, I've just... not got the whole thing down. <laughs> I mean, Fowles did die about 15 years ago, so it's probably not hurting him personally. But still. Emily. Outrage. Outrage in capitals. <laughs> right, are you ready for this? Yep. This is a nine-year-old review. That's how few people have read this book and reviewed on Amazon. That's crazy. Mm. I was absolutely thrilled with the price of this product and <laughs> thought it was a bargain, even for a second-hand buy. But when the product description stated, in very good condition, I thought that's what I would receive. Instead, the book I eventually got has an extremely bent and damaged cover and written notes the entire way throughout it. This was even more shocking as I had to wait for over a month to receive the book, including it being 12 days over the estimated time of arrival. I personally will not be buying from this supplier again. Any thoughts on the plot? Nah. <laughs> nope. Um, Amazon customer says, turgid. Do you remember turgid cells? Remember studying them in biology? I do. I don't know what they were. I got a D in biology. What did you get? I got a D in my mock and then an A in my actual GCSE. Oh, I, I, didn't, I didn't do my mock. I didn't go. <laughs> I got a D in the actual one. Guess who did better in their A-levels? <laughs> Guess who's employed? <laughs> oh, go on. You're going to say something low blow because you have to win. I know. <laughs> well, no, I was going to say something about coronavirus. But yeah, okay. Good luck with that. Um, turgid. Amazon customer. I may have been reading a different version of this book, but it hardly manages to raise itself above the level of a post-Victorian pot boiler awash with cliched ideas and language. It is easy to see why Fowles did not become one of the cornerstones of English literature. Well, you are a bastard, Amazon customer. I can't even put your name to a review that is just very... Cowardly behaviour. It is. Um, that's a 13-year-old review. Yeah, no modern reviews. So that was cool. the Amazon One Star Reviews. Not a huge, I mean, not a huge amount of funny in there, but the only bit I would agree with, with there might be a slight, boring, repetitive, tiny bit in the middle, but people who only parts, got halfway yeah. through, halfway no. through, through a dual narrative book, are you kidding me? True. Um, before we wrap up, hmm. give you a little fact about this book. Go on then. Um, a personal fact. So you, my, you know my whole thing where I've got to keep books. Yep. I have to keep them and every book I read has to go on the shelf. Yeah. This started it. Um, so I started reading when I was 20 um, and just naturally I was just keeping the books. And then somebody uh, lent me this along with uh, World War Z. don't know who wrote that. Anyway, I read World War Z, well, a bit of World War Z when this is rubbish and I gave it back to them. I really didn't like it. I read this and I was like, this is amazing. And I said, I, I sort of, I, I've read it and I feel, I really want to, I said, can I give you some money and keep your copy of this book? Yeah. And they went, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> uh, and I went, um, uh, okay. So anyway, so I thought, right, from now on, I'm going to, I enjoy that so much. Every book I read and enjoy, yeah. I'm going to keep. And that's what started it. And actually, so I didn't have a copy of this for years. And I always thought, well, I don't want to 
pay like a tenner for yeah. a brand new copy. So I just waited until I found one in a charity shop. Yeah. And it did take years, but I remember going, there it is. <laughs> oh, and it was like a really happy so day. Nice. I want to say, was, a nice story. I want to say I was in Bognor Regis in a. Oh, really? Was it not that long ago? In a charity then? shop. Yeah. Well, it was, when was it? Three, Three four years. Yeah. years. Um, but yeah, I um, and I just saw a copy, so I just bought it. And now obviously, I've obviously reread this copy. Aww. Anyway, that started my hoarding. That's very nice. So the collector is. Well. How brilliant the is that? It's the collector made me a collector. How's that? How yeah. brilliant. You just work that out. Yeah. So um, I guess we should um, give some verdicts and opinions. Uh, I. Uh, it's funny, actually, because what was it just the other the other podcast recording where I was saying, you know, it takes a lot for a book to make me go, wow, yeah, this is brilliant. Mm. And that is one of those books. I still wouldn't give it 10, but I would give it a nine, which is I'm, my highest. I'm actually going to go straight in and agree with you at nine. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic. One of the better books I've ever read. Mm, right yeah. up there. Would recommend this to anybody. Fantastic read. So that was us reviewing The Collector by John Fowles, which we absolutely loved. As always, if you have any thoughts on the books, please email us, tweet us. We are Hadger or Curtis at dabblersbookclub.com. On Twitter, we are at dabblersbooks. If you could leave a review on your podcasting platform of choice, ideally uh, Apple isn't the main one that does the reviews, isn't it, I think? Yeah, and it yeah. will bury the one I wrote for and us. it will bury myself. the one that Curtis wrote. That would be great. If you've got any thoughts or suggestions on books you want us to read, please, please, please mm. let us know. We have not actually eaten all morning and it is nearly one o'clock, so we are off to have a massive lunch. Yeah, let's go. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.